Hello and welcome to another episode of the EP Plug Me In podcast. I am your host, EP The Mime, and today we have another check-in on a journey of a creative artist that I know from my journey. Today is an interview with my brother. Thank you so much for plugging in. EP Plug Me In. Well, here I am with my brother, Aaron Lopez. Uh, thank you for taking the call, bro. I'm, I'm uh, very excited for this episode. I hope you are too. Yeah, I am. Thank you, man. We're gonna go, we're just going to get into it because, um, because you are more of a common fly on the wall as well as like somebody who involved themselves in the music at more than one time but would you say that you uh you had like even experience with being a fly on the wall and then having having like hands-on experience yeah that that fly on the wall you know position it, it, it got me to a point where i was able to recognize styles and and flows and charisma and and get that out of the artists you know whether it was you or other people you know, you get to pick up on that and, you know, you can take some of those things with you yeah. if you like it, you know, you can apply it to yourself or even if it's something that you don't think you can pull off for your own music and your own style, you can still, you know, learn from it. And it was cool to see that, you know, people developing in front of me in the sessions. And then when I was eventually ready to do my own thing, yeah, you know, right. I, I could already approach it with like a, you know, maybe this doesn't work for me, but this could work for me. And so I can apply that. And, you know, whether it be like cadence or, or anything like that, you know, it's, it's good to just explore options and different forms of creativity. And, you know, and even in modern music, anybody who's, you know, Alan Poppin right. today, uh, you can see influence from a lot of people, you know, and a, a lot of these artists do credit these, these other rappers or musicians or, or singers, you know, they, they go ahead and say that they are influenced by them. And, it, it comes with being, you know, a fan of music and, and and just being a creative. So those people, you know, they're out here doing something right. You know, they're selling records, you know, and, and they're taking inspiration. So it allowed me to be in that position. So I'm very right. thankful. And, um, you know, when I eventually did start doing features and, and getting on, on songs with people, it helped. It for sure helped to be the fly on the wall first yeah. and then to be able to come in and be like, who do I want to be? So... I don't want to have any regrets and um, and not try something for myself. So I think it was I was lucky. I was lucky to come in in that position first. Yeah. And then, you know, go ahead and and have the guts to try my own thing. Right. Exactly. So with that being said right here, I'm going to put a snippet of your decipher verse. So everybody out there, check this out. This is the beginning of a track uh, called Decipher that we did in the Long Beach period. So I'll put that here. But a ladder so high you can fall and shatter The rapping about golden bitches but does it really matter? If you ain't worth popping the clubs will be knocking it off Give in to the fat, be biting your raps a star Birthed in a world of clones, you drones and stormtroopers And outcast before I become a flow looper And even Bradley Cooper tell you that the hangover's better than the trench you shooting in the videos Commercializing ratchetness and going stupid instead of living lucid Damn Cuba, they love that we be party poopers You live in the haze, the game's a maze You play for days, the way they gain and maintain the terrain inside of your brain That's making you sane, it's quite simple I tend to write focus and you wear it like a symbol Lord knows I've had to prove my shit cause a rapper's big so when you came out to glendale though i was i think what was it? i think i ju was just turning i was 20 and i was turning 21 so that would have made you like what 18 19 yeah just just graduating high school pretty much yeah it's right right okay so when you came into the place and we won't go to like initial reactions because i think everybody's reaction was kind of the same like it was getting used to having freedom. It was getting used to this being like an open space without any yeah 
I guess, parental supervision, <laughs> you know, being in the apartment with me, Jordan and Rocky. So, so with the experiences in mind, going from the beginning when you come there and, and Rocky's not there yet and he shows up and then like, Fast forwarding to the time where I'm no longer doing music with him, but you and me are doing music together. What do you, where do you place that Glendale apartment in like, 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 like times in your mind that are super important to, I guess, you being a musician as well as you being a music lover? Like, do you, do you hold that time in that apartment to like high regard, I guess? Yeah, I, I do. You know, it was, uh, it was a time of development. And I want to say it's around like 2011 and I had just got a laptop, you know, I got financial aid and, and I went and bought a laptop and I just remember being in class and, and not even being interested in like taking notes or any of that. Like I just would <laughs> throw on some headphones and uh, open up GarageBand and start messing around in there. And that would eventually help when I would come over to Glendale and, and, you know, I, I didn't know anything. I, I didn't know any basics of anything like compression or eq like nothing it was just me figuring it out in a raw setting <laughs> yeah. and coming to glendale was just like i was just making music with my brother and some new friends and we were just figuring it out like it, it wasn't anything planned on my end but it ended up being just like a crucial point in development and you know we were just doing things by ear so it was cool well with, with that being said because that's a good segue you are like super active in going to see live shows that that's pretty much like your bread and butter when it comes to music but when it comes to creating music on your own you're also very good at that as well um uh, obviously you, you right now you make it more for yourself and stuff like that but you, your stuff has been passed around through through our group so everyone in our group kind of knows like the the pedigree that you have musically what would you say the impact of live shows has had on you not really coming out as a as the in front artist because you were more helping me in the audio engineering chair and then kind of showing up for features um past the beginning point where we were doing like the she will remix and like n-words and pairs and stuff like that when we were doing that in the beginning but like how did how much would you say that live shows has impacted your relationship with music and the process that you do as well as the audio engineer. So live shows for me are are a cool place to go to where it's very inclusive. It's it's all just a community of people who genuinely love the music and their fans first and foremost and they're there to have a good time and yeah. It, it's awesome to see people come together that way. It's a place you can go to with friends or you can even go by yourself and then make friends there. And a lot of people do that. Yeah. And, you know, you're there as a fan watching these sets and these performances and you see artists pull off things that they might not be able to do in a small venue or club environment. And so it gets pretty it gets pretty intense. And a lot of the shows that I've been to have pulled off crazy visuals and crazy, you know, pyrotechnics and and displays of like just trippy and fun visuals and stuff, you know, and. I, I stop and think, you know, if that was me in that position as the artist, like, what is it that I would be doing? Like, what would be my my contribution to, like, my show that would be, like, out of this world? And so going to these shows has definitely influenced me. And, you know, I feel like they'll continue to do so. And hopefully one day I get to be put in that position where it's finally my turn to decide what it is that I'm going to do that's going to, like, yeah. wow people. That's super cool. I mean, um, you know, that's what I think is really cool about being a fan of music is that like live shows is a completely different world than 
what we do in the studio. You know, it, like it, it's it's almost like a it's almost like really, 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 really different. So do, when you create your music that you have right now, do you create it with the like intensive purposes of it being played live one day or maybe not not that you intend to get there but do you keep that in mind like hey when i was in the audience and i heard this this certain section like do you try to recreate those moments when you're at home i do and i don't and i only say that because it really comes down to how well your production and your mixing is uh that's just the truth of it when you have a track that's balanced and it's it's mixed right you know, if you try to play it on any sound system, whether it be like your car speakers, yeah. uh, Bluetooth speaker, your phone, through a laptop speakers, a TV, it's going to sound right and it's going to hit and it's going to hit the way it's supposed to because, it, you know, that's just the technicality of it. it you have to have a balanced, uh, you know, track and sound in order for it to play through other outlets correctly. Yeah. Um. So even if there's something in, in, in a track that I'm doing that I'm not happy with. I can go to other tracks and like reference them and try to see if I can do something that's similar in that track that it might help clean it up. And if it does, then, then it's cool. You know, I've, I figured it out. I troubleshooted that. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what it's really going to come down to, you know, clean production is going to have it resonate and shine through the way it's supposed to. So, um, I would say I'm more focused on that at the end of the day. Right. You know, I don't think, I don't think, um, Many people take the time to even make that important that much, you know, when they're in the studio. I, I think everyone does when you get to a certain level. Yeah, if you want to credit that mindset to anybody, I would say it's Dead Mouse, And that's because I've watched his master classes a bunch of times. And he's the kind of producer who takes his music in his own hands. And mm -hmm. by that, I mean that I don't even think I saw a video where that guy took a loop or anything. He started everything from scratch. So he emphasizes the importance of like the proper balance and mixing that your track should have so that by the time you go and play something in a big venue or big speakers, you know, you're going to have frequencies that and, and they're going to be played at levels in which you could have clipping if it's, you know, too loud or, you know, you can mud muddy up the mix if it's like the lows are not cut out and anything under 30 hertz, you know, you want to just cut that right out because you're going to have a muddy sound coming through those speakers. And, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in... Uh, and what he's saying there, because, you know, you, you got to take the uh, the intricacies of music, yeah, uh, you know, into consideration when you're trying to give like a really good and clean balance yeah. sound. It, it's also important to like even on the flip side with vocals, because I've seen live shows, um, not not professionals, but other being at like contests or open mics or something like that. And you'll see even certain people singing their original music and it doesn't sound good live yeah <laughs> you know like it sounds like it's like there's they don't they're they didn't capture enough room or they just did they don't have a loud enough voice and they use plugins to compensate for that but e there's even like the mistakes that certain people make on on our level trying to go up where where the song isn't necessarily meant for live shows so it is super important on both sides yeah it definitely is you, you're you're in the los angeles area do you do you have you felt like you've had any experiences as a musician outside of the ones that were where where you were included in in something that we were doing? Like, did you meet anybody along the way uh, throughout this process? And do you think that LA has benefited you in that way? Um, I have met people that 
are certainly in a position where they could um, be of like an introductory service to like either, you know, promoters or hosts for events. And even like, I mean, I, I uh, like going to a lot of underground shows because I just kind of like the freedom to uh, go to this, you know, specific area where you're allowed to blast music until like six in the morning. And <laughs> yeah, in in that it's just it's just crazy to see because you it, you just see a bunch of people who are who are there for just the music genuinely just for the music, and right, you know, meeting a lot of the people that run those events. Like you know, you tend to make friends, and you know, you can wander around and you can talk to people, and you definitely you definitely do meet you know people who have the same passion that you do. And I have met people through that through those experiences and that type of, uh, you know, vibe and, and, uh, locations. So it has helped me and I haven't utilized it where I'm doing like live shows and, and things like that. I do, I do want to do that. I do intend to do that because I'm getting to a point where I'm allowing myself to channel that side of me a lot more. And okay. yeah, by, good. by experiencing events and meeting people, I feel like, you know, I'm definitely getting in the right, um, you know, the right crowd and the right areas to, you know, start taking baby steps into doing something live, you know. So uh, for sure, you know, the area helps. It does help being in Southern California. I mean, you can do music anywhere, There's, uh, especially in the realm where I'm trying to be at, which is electronic dance music. You can meet people anywhere. You know, there, it's not just L.A. It's not just, you know, California in general. There's There's a lot of places like you know, the origination of house music was in Chicago and underground clubs. So, you know, if you're in an area with people who genuinely love music, I'm sure you can find a group or, you know, like, you know, just even if it's just a friend, one person that is just as passionate as you and you guys can put out anything out on the Internet. Yeah. And everybody has it available to them. So it's it's really not an excuse, you know, um, your location. Sometimes it does help to be in other places. But, you know, I wouldn't just say that you're limited just solely because you live in like you know, say like Ohio or something, you know, cause Hey, you know, bone thugs came out of Ohio, I believe. So, you know, you can make it anywhere. That's something that's not as easily promoted as like go to New York or go to LA to be famous. You know, I think that it's, uh, it's one of those, those things that we just don't address as musicians that could potentially be a bad decision for someone, but you know, you no one ever wants to feel like they're making a decision for someone, especially with their dreams. But it is very true that you know, we're seeing so many things happen all over the country and like things like on TikTok, you know, where it's not even people who are even grinding like we have been, you know, it's just, it's just someone who just gets lucky because they they use a resource. So it definitely isn't isn't that important. Yeah. But but that's good, though, you know, that that you're aware of that because because uh, mm-hmm. obviously you're talented. But, you know, so many people are talented today. It's just if you're doing the groundwork like you're doing, you put yourself in a better position than if you started when you started recording. Right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put in your thousand hours. I remember you said that in a previous episode of your podcast. Um, you know, it's 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 true. You have to do that. You have to put in the work and the effort and the time. And maybe you don't have to follow those exact guidelines, but you know, you get better at something by doing it consistently. And you know, even if you're naturally talented at something, it doesn't mean you can't elevate. You can't better your craft. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in that thousand hour rule. 
So with that being said, what was your first experience with, um, well, I mentioned it in the podcast episode as levels, like levels of skill, levels of talent, levels of, com- like as competition or whatever, uh, whichever one uh, makes sense. But what was your first experience with levels? Um, I would say it's probably around the time we were working on the uh, Going Hollywood mixtape that you had. Oh, okay. Around that time, I feel like that's when I really started to see um, improvement. Like, it wasn't necessarily that I was doing the best work I possibly could, um, but it was more of a time where I was understanding compression and, and EQ and, and you know, um, leveling and, and the distance between your mic and recording and acoustics and all that stuff. It, it was starting to become more evident to me because I started to develop an ear for what I, I like to hear in a recording and what I didn't. And not, and not and it's not even just the vocals. It was even, you know, balancing out a track because if you're recording off of an MP3 file, you know, there's in that file, there's already compression. There's already like clipping and distortion that you might not be able to get out. So you make the best with what you got. But that being said, you know, you can turn nothing into gold by just having your, your basics down. And that was around the time where I felt like I was developing that because, um, that project, you know, even though it might not have been, you know, something that showcased, you know, your best talent or my best talent. I'm not saying it wasn't good because it definitely was. I'm just saying at that level, I think we can both agree that we were trying to hone in on what it is that we think we can actually do. Yeah. And that project ref- reflected the beginning of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, it's funny looking back on the time in Glendale, because I actually spoke to Michael uh, O'Grady, who is in a band with Rocky recently. And uh, we were speaking about that time. And he was saying that uh, he, he he remembers that time fondly and that time um, as um, something that he's proud of. He, he, he said he loved that band name. And it's just interesting to uh, to see that we all have that time where we can look back at because for me it was it was almost right after going hollywood when we were doing like remember i did a verse on rihanna's diamonds yeah yeah i remember that yeah that one where i was writing because i remember i showed some co-workers and i was when i was working at buffalo wild wings and uh, one of my co-workers there was like hey i'm a rapper so we went and we smoked in his car and he showed me his music and he wasn't that good, <laughs> but it, and not, not because I'm like judging or anything, but he, he made it seem like he was better than he was. So, you know, when, when the quality wasn't as good, you know, you pay attention to it more. And, and so he, uh, that's why you shouldn't say anything before you show somebody something. But, uh, but I showed him my track and, and, uh, he really, really liked it. And, but his friend didn't cause he felt like I was trying to show off. That was one of the moments where I was like, Cause at that moment I thought I was where he was, you know, but what we were putting in so much time recording and I was putting in so much time rapping, I kind of felt like that was a moment where, where my rapping was more in my control. Cause I don't know if you remember, but there would be some takes that, that I just couldn't do right <laughs> or, or just couldn't get perfectly. And we kind of had to let it just sit in the mix. Cause there was, we weren't going to go over it again, but I remember that point being a time where I felt like, I was uh, kind of getting better. That's interesting. What I remember from that was us doing a lot of takes because that was around the time where we realized that like doing a single take wasn't ideal. Um, even though we, we really did want to do things like that for time management, but it was affecting, you know, delivery and, and, you know, there's, there's always a better way to emphasize certain 
certain words or to have like certain flows or afflictions in, in your voice. And, you know, so I, I think definitely around that time was when we started to realize the importance of having, you know, good solid takes, because at the end of the day, if that's what you if that's what you have to work with, then it makes your job mixing and mastering that much more easier. So, I mean, that that was something that I noticed around that time as well. And um, I'm pretty thankful that we I woke up and acknowledged that because I feel like it for sure allowed us to get better that much sooner than later. Because, I mean, you don't want to be like, and and no no shade to that guy you were talking about. Uh, you don't want to be the dude that like has to hype yourself up and then show someone something that's not, you know, at least somewhat polished, at least somewhat professional, you know, because you want to give someone um, your best work. You don't want to just half-ass things. So it, it's definitely good that we woke up to that. Yeah, no, yeah. I I think even in the time when we were in in Long Beach and we were recording with Beat Around the Bush and Mitch, and we recorded that one girl came over and did the Aaliyah cover, the remix, and uh, just even times like that. Maybe even time where you were recording with your cousin, you know, like where we've had to <laughs> we've had to teach um, um, others who weren't sitting in our chair like better ways to do the process. I think um the I think the process though the the whole process as recording i think it's kind of like a sacred thing with um whoever's sitting in the chair because like when it comes down to what's wrong with the record it kind of comes down to the person who is engineering or if they're not there it comes down to the person who is at the mic which technically they would be the engineer if they're sending you files and stuff like that and stems so when it when it comes to the process and recording in the chair do you do you have any moments that you look back on where you felt like you were in almost total control or you felt like you you were having a good time being in control yeah um so there's a couple times there's obviously you mentioned I, I recorded a song with my cousin um and I say my cousin even though we're brothers just because she's from um you know from my mom's side of the family so yeah we, we recorded a song and a snippet in which she did a hook and you know she's she's talented she can sing um, but I, I knew right off the bat that it was kind of like getting out of her own shell. So you could feel the nervous energy and like, you know, it, it did take a while to kind of warm up and get her comfortable. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, when you're in a position where you've recorded people and you've, you've mixed and mastered some, some tracks for them and you, you kind of develop your style and, you know, maybe at that time, everything that I knew wasn't exactly like perfect, but. You know, I would like to think that in that moment, I I helped with her with her delivery and, and, you know, the performance. And I mean, even now, if I was to go back and listen to that snippet, you know, I, I like it because it definitely showed, you know, that she was capable of having, you know, like a, a good approach and, and a good take. And, you know, it, it showed in the recording. So I, I enjoyed it. And um it was one of the first times where I was really like, okay, you know, like I'm in that producer's seat and an engineering seat and I have to guide someone who maybe hasn't done this before. So I have to take the initiative here and, and it's going to be on me if, I, if it comes out bad or if it comes out good. And I had to take that risk and bet on myself and my knowledge. And luckily, you know, it was something that I'm proud of. So, you know, it paid off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I remember that also from that time. Uh, well, no, later down the line in Long Beach when we we recorded that girl with the Aaliyah, the Aaliyah, um, AJ, nothing but a number. I I remember that one a, a lot because, um, it was a type of situation where they brought her to us. 
where they where they where she was only in that room so she could get the the experience of recording with me and you i i remember that moment and us kind of like eye contact the whole time <laughs> trying to me and you kind of nodding to each other if we like something or didn't like something because we were in like we were working with somebody who was willing to put all of it into it i think that was one of the moments where i felt like me and you had the the all the hours kind of pay off and uh we, we ran that one super smooth i think so yeah i think i still have that um that version of that song as well um it, it definitely i agree it definitely was a time where i was like oh, okay like this is this is gonna be something where the person here they they have the talent and the ability to deliver this in an amazing way and you know she's not necessarily seasoned so you know, at that time, I mean, we we were recording and mixing and doing and you know doing our own stuff too. So I mean, it was kind of like we we weren't new to it, but we were still new to it too. And so that was kind of like one of the first times we were like, oh dang, you know, like we we guided her and, and we got something, and it's and it's something that even to this day, like I I have that track and I listen to it and I'm I'm very happy with you know that time period and and what we were able to capture in that moment because we listen to these tracks and it's, it's like a timeline, you know, you go back and, you know, there's some songs probably that make us both cringe. <laughs> and there's some songs where we're like, man, I haven't heard this in years, but it baffles my mind sometimes, you know, like listen to what we did. And, you know, in the moment I was, uh, a lot of the time I would think these tracks, I'd be like, oh man, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that one probably wasn't our best and let me just shelf it and never listen to it again. But then I go back and listen to some of these tracks and I'm like actually very, very surprised at what we did in, you know, such a short amount of time. Like, we weren't even doing recording and, and mixing and mastering and engineering stuff for that long, you know, in all actuality. Right, right. No, yeah, and, and if you think about it, I mean, and this will go to my next my next question for you because I know how it feels doing this. I, I touched on it a bit, but, like, the setup, you know, having to connect the interface to the headphones with the laptop and the charger and all that stuff. Like, how would you say though though those first experiences were, because we we made a lot of things happen in so many different setups. <laughs> like, like, do you have any any memories or or, or things that that were uh, were interesting about having to set up in random places? I can specifically think back to one time too, where um, uh, it was back when we were working with Beat Around the Bush, and we actually. We went up and then we met up with um, Boog and we set up in the garage there at their house. I mean, we had like minimal space. Like I think we set up the laptop and interface on like um, a cooler or a small right. little like table of some sort. We like contracted like areas for that to like sit on. And then we had, you know, a headphone splitter that like we had to set up the mic in a certain area. And then like the, the headphone wire didn't even reach that far. So... Um, and we had to like stretch, you know, a headphone and mic, and then we had to sit at a chair or couch, like in the corner and stretch <laughs> those headphones out so that we can actually listen back to the takes. And I remember that that was a, a time where we recorded you and, and Fonz, we recorded a track where you guys were both on it. And then some of that was also for his project. And in that time, I was just like, man, like we can't even like breathe in this room, but we're doing what we got to do. And we're going to get some takes and we're going to make it work. And then there's a lot of stuff right. that we were doing around that time, too, that, you know, when I go back and listen to it, I'm actually like surprised. I'm like, I, I don't even know how 
how we got something to sound like this, you know, and it's it's crazy when I think back on those times because we definitely have had to work with what we had. Like that's not just a saying. Sometimes in your life you really are there and you're working with what you have. And sometimes in that moment too, you know it. Like <laughs> being in a setup like that, sometimes you know it. And uh, and it's not something I, I'm ashamed of because, you know, everybody starts somewhere. And, and even though, you know, nowadays we have a little bit of a better setup and we're in a little, you know, better um, like life scenarios where we can enjoy our our upgrades and our toys and then you know we can record and make music at a at a comfortable level but it's kind of like you you pay your dues you know and, and I think back on those times and I, I wouldn't say that I would change anything just because it, it made us who we are and you know if if we're proud of ourselves then we shouldn't feel like being in those risky setups and like you know like you're headphone splitter can pull out of the interface at any minute and you know the take can be ruined you know like that could happen and even if it does you know who cares because you're building character and at the end of the day i i really i think that's what makes good artists you know you you gotta go through the mud and and pay your dues yeah yeah. right you know and and, uh, there's some unwritten rules about that too like what would you say are some of the unwritten rules obviously it's don't move and while you're rapping in front of the mic or while you're singing, don't get too close to the pop filter. Have a pop filter. <laughs> you know, like make sure your, your your headphones are long enough. What would you say are some some like unseen rules of recording? Uh, don't have more people in there than you need to. Um, simply for, right. you know, acoustics and mic pickup. Like, you know, sometimes we have like good takes and someone had to cough and it just completely yeah. ruined it. And... That might be nitpicky and, you know, some people could be like, oh, you're just, you know, you're just complaining to complain. But it, it makes a difference, at least in my opinion. And I'm someone who sits and mixes audio. Uh, I, I listen to the same, you know, loop and vocal track. And um, even when it's like production, the drum samples, I, I'll listen to the same thing for like a 30 minute window, just tweaking things, even if it's down to two decibels. So I'm someone who like I would even say has OCD yeah. when it comes down to it. So something like that. Personally, for me, it, it is something important. So, like, you know, you can pick up almost anything with mics, and if someone's on a roll and, and you're and you're, you know, recording that energy, that that vibe, and that that uh, flow, and and just everything that's like that's that artist, and they're delivering it to you. If someone calls or there's just some background noise, it's like, man, that that like that's almost heartbreaking to me. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, no. I, there's even times where I've ruined takes by being like comical at the end, <laughs> like when we were doing Underground Kings, <laughs> like just things like that. Yeah, I mean, hey, sometimes, sometimes you're in the in the zone, and it's it's okay. I mean, like I always think, you know, as long as like you gave yourself some breath in between, you know, the little ad lib or whatever you added at the end, if it's like something that shouldn't, you know, make the cut, at least we can snip it off the the end of the take, you know. So it, it's there's ways to salvage things, but. You know, it's it's always good to have, you know, the best possible audio take that you can get just because it's going to make the engineer and, the and you know, the mixing engineer and, and mastering and everything, it's going to make it that much more easier. I don't think people understand that, but it really is. Yeah, no, I, I, that and um, I think that is probably the one that deserves a conversation if you're going to record with someone. That one and... um memorizing your stuff like like i think that is huge 
Um, especially if, if you're like on a time crunch and you have multiple people to record. Yeah. And, and that has been our scenario a lot of the times. Um, you know, when we were working with Beat Around the Bush, we would take frequent trips out to either Compton or Long Beach. And, and this is like getting people together that only have certain time frames because, you know, everybody has their life and everybody has things to do. A lot of times these guys that we were working with, you know, some of them had a kid, you know, some of them had things to do. They got a job. They may not have a ride to get to the to the session. And so we're like figuring that out. And then finally, when you get everybody in a room, you you realize that it's like, hey, there's like a lot of noise in here and there's a lot of, uh, you know, takes. And and if you're your rap or your you know lyrics aren't prepared you know if you haven't like fine-tuned it even if it's like you have an idea but it's not even all there like that that stuff can affect the uh, session but at the same time i back in those days i i really did think that we like had to be on the time management aspect of everything like we had to be on a schedule and stuff but now as a couple years have gone by i realize that like it also kind of squanders your creativity by being on a schedule like that because sometimes like the best things can happen out of like just having to deliver something in the moment you know like there's times where you're just like hey it's crunch time like let me just to go in there and do something and you end up really liking what you put out and so you know i i had to like kind of talk myself off that ledge like oh it's not perfect they're not prepared you know like it, it sometimes it's really not even about being prepared it's just like like let the artists have their creativity and their freedom you know, um, be somewhat organized, but, you know, not to the point where you, you feel like it's almost like a chore to be there at the session, you know, because you want to definitely let your your art and your music and that outlet speak yeah, for itself. Definitely. I mean, you know, you're you're really solid when it comes to that. You know, I think that um, one thing that makes me and you different when it comes to the process is it like when, when, when I came to that, I always when I learned early on was what you hear in your head is not going to come out when you hear your vocals back raw and dry. You know, like if you have that bass part down, like well, what I've learned is as soon as somebody comes in and they kill their verse, they come in, they record it beginning to end. When it gets to ad lib and double time, there's a lot of liberties and, and uh, things that, that I hear that this person can do that maybe they didn't think of doing. That I think if you have more time to do that, I think that would be the only reason why I would say be prepared when the session starts. Because once you get the bass vocals down and you can start having fun with the the overall sound of the track and not necessarily your main vocals, I think that's where some of your creativity can shine. But it's like what you said. There were a lot of moments there where, where some verses weren't written. But luckily, they were all like super lyrically talented that it didn't take too long. Right. But but there's also like that moment, too, where it's like, man, if they didn't have that feeling to write it on the spot, it probably wouldn't have came out that good because this moment is giving him that rush of creativity. So it's cool to see that, that there's really no no true fire way to do it. You just really have to set the mic up and let it happen. You you don't want to you don't want to have somebody come in with like an expectation and like and, you know, ruin that by being super like technical or like nitpicky with what they're giving you because at the end of the day it is their art and um even though you you definitely want to be prepared and you want to give a professional you know sounding product a lot of times you know like you're gonna have to compromise some things to be like super super picky with what you're working with so it's give and take you you gotta allow the artist to be the artist but also you gotta 
you know, be the professional engineer and the person behind, you know, what's going to be the final product. But I think good communication will give you that because you got to let the artist know what your intention is and they're going to let you know what their intention is. Exactly. That's something that that I had recording Mitch. And as you know, Mitch has kind of been like our project <laughs> but also his project right it's it's his it's his it's his but mitch is mitch is one of the people that that i credit with having the right spirit towards the process because he would come in with an idea as you know <laughs> that that he would live and die on and we would have to pull him back a little bit and focus on the process and then build and so when it came to like having to help with that did you did you feel like did you feel worthy to do that or did you feel like vetted enough and did you feel like you were skilled enough to start lending those types of of uh like advice or or did you feel more like you were more grounded to just getting the process done um i i think i definitely think that Mitch in particular because i've I've had sessions where it was just me and him recording too you know there's times where um, he, he just wanted to get like a, a track or even if it was like we were working on a project and stuff, um, there's times where I had moments where it was just me and him. And a lot of times if we're both there, you know, you, you definitely give him uh, a push in the right direction or input. And, you know, like you said, you know, it, it's his project. So at the, at the end of the day, you know, he, he took what he wanted to take and then he kept what he really wanted to keep, which is, you know, that's the, you know, the right of the artist. So, right. Um, when it comes to like those times where it was me and him, I definitely feel like I was rounded enough to give him advice and guidance. And I I can remember times too, where like I would say his lyric or his, or, you know, his part of the song and be like, Hey, what do you think if you were to say, like, we're going to keep the same lyrics, but what do you think if you were to say it like this? Or like, do you think this would flow better if you were to like, you know, rap it this way? And I mean, I'm, I, I am like the guy that always says like, spit hot fire but i'm not a rapper <laughs> yeah, yeah so i mean like i i'm not a rapper i'm not trying to be a rapper i love music but you know the things that i have done i can honestly say like i i don't think people just try to like it is not me tooting my own horn I, I honestly don't think people like lie to me when they tell me something is good i just don't always have like the the drive to be a rapper but i like the fact that if i wanted to do it i generally think i could and that ability has definitely helped me with helping other people with their music because even though it's not my song, you know, I can hear flow and, and, and cadence and, and, you know, I can, I can try to input to somebody's art through my own ability. And I think I, that happened a lot when me and Mitch would record ourselves. And I mean, I'm sure he would tell you too, you know, there's times where, yeah, you know, we were doing multiple takes and it just wasn't coming out the way that he wanted. And I was just like, you know, like maybe we should try doing this and it ended up working, you know? So like at the end of the day, I, I definitely feel like around that time, you know, all of our experiences up to that point for sure played a role in, in what I was able to not just contribute as like an engineer, but as a fellow artist with my own, you know, with my own music and, and what I was like, capable of doing. You know, I, I think that those times definitely not only helped like Mitch get his music and his stuff done, but it helped me grow too. You know, it's 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 a win win because you know I helped a friend. You know, he's he's a good friend of mine and yours, and I'm glad that he's you know developed and and got his style and and he knows 
himself, you know, because in, there's times where I think even us as uh, engineers and, and just as friends trying to help other friends do their music, I, I think there's times where it's natural to doubt yourself. So I also attribute a lot of what my growth was to those sessions with Mitch. Right. Yeah, I, I do, too. It It's an interesting it's an inter- it's it's a very fine line when someone is trusting you with their art, giving you liberty to to tell them what what to do, I guess. You know, cuz I've had moments where Mitch or, or or somebody else that that I've worked with will be finished at a song and it maybe didn't come out the right way and then you know, I have to look at myself like, "Dang, well, I kind of made that happen." <laughs> you know, like I I was either too strong or or the song wasn't meant to be be there so for for the people that don't know that are listening to this um it, m- my brother has a lot of talent when it comes to this so he wouldn't consider himself a rapper but i know about 12 rappers that would eat you alive that would so so it, it's a little different but but it's also skill quality so it's not identity it's just skill quality you know like it, it so that's that's a cool thing about it so with that being said, do you have any tracks that you have written with vocals or lyrics or just tracks you've written recently that you didn't put out but are like your favorite? Um, so right now, what basically what I make right now is it's like house, tech house, techno. So a lot of it is like vocal looping and little things to kind of keep the energy going. So right now with what I like to do, I, I like just dance music because it's it's carefree it's it's an ongoing beat and it's like it's it's one of those things where it's something that i can put out and if somebody just wants to dance and move to it they don't got to overanalyze it i don't i don't necessarily have like a crazy message in it and i'm not trying to say that it, it's not important to have a good message in your music but i'm at a point where like i've i kind of just want to make things that make people feel good and makes me feel good so i do have tracks that i'm working on um i, I probably will start putting them out uh, and when i do I'll, I'll definitely give you a first listen to them i don't necessarily have something that i've written with lyrics that are you know other than like a little hook or something here to carry a song but you know i i definitely as of late with a lot of stuff that's been going on in my life i definitely feel like i, sh- I can take a crack at trying to um trying to make something that maybe i'm going to try to either write it out and, and see if I sound decent on it. If not, then I can always, you know, try to see if I can find someone to get on it and, and kind of give my rendition to it. Right. I do have the intention, you know, uh, I don't want to say that I'm locked into something specifically. This is just what I'm doing at the moment. But, you know, inspiration comes in many forms and in at a random time. So I, I, I will never say never. I'll keep it at that. You know, I, I have things that I am working on and I will put them out. But I'm going to go off of the emotion and, and go with how I feel in that moment because I've let artists that I've worked with do that and they put things out in their time and when they felt right with it. And I think that I will do yeah, that. Definitely. And, and you should. So when it comes to mental health and, and like making decisions like that, because obviously this this music life, I really wouldn't recommend it to someone unless you're absolutely head over heels with music. You know, like like me and pe- people like me and you and the people that we we do music with, we either can't not think about music or we need to be music included. We need music to be included in what we're doing. You know, so though it's it's very much like if we were fish, this is our water. So it it has it's a part of our life. 
So, like, obviously mental health is super important, but when it comes to you wanting to be involved in this, do you have any of those deep-seated, like, phrases people say, well, you might be too old or... Or, like, what is making it really look like? Or, uh, like, what is success to you? What, what, would you? what would you think is the reason why mass consumption, like, putting it out to the masses, why do you think that's important? Or do you think it's important at all? Or do, and do you think that that right there is kind of, like, what drives people crazy? I think it's a, good, it's a lot of things. It definitely contributes to mass consumption, though. I mean, I feel like you have at, the, at your fingertips anything and everything you could ever want. Like we live in a time where you can even look up information that's catered to your specific opinion. Like it's, it's, it's to the point where we don't necessarily have, you know, we, we have truth, but we have biased truth. So I think when it comes to people wanting to put out things and and having it consumed at at crazy rates, I I think it's due to the fact that we have everything so crazy and, and fast you know like it's it's at your fingertips like i said so you know you can put out something and it can be forgotten in a a week so i think that's generally why people and especially musicians put out so much content like on a weekly basis but in a way it's kind of like that's just kind of how it's developed i don't really i I can't really tell you what was like the last full album that came out where i was like wow because people don't really do full albums anymore and if you do if you do, it's it's delivered in some kind of like gimmicky way, and I'm not saying it gimmicky in a bad way, because I'm just saying like Kanye just put out Donda not too yeah. long ago, and and the whole build up to it was like I've never seen anything like that, you know? Like he had listening parties where he did like performances, and each performance he did was like his interpretation of what the album is supposed to mean, and the people ate it up, you know? Like everybody was going to these um, to these listening parties and. It's just like, you know, it's it's a different time. And I think as we move forward, it's definitely going to attribute to how we consume not just music, but everyday information. I think there definitely has to be a balance, you know, maybe don't be on your phone so much. And if you if you want to consume music, like maybe maybe do it where like you just make a playlist and, you know, you press play and you lay down in bed and look up at your ceiling and just listen or something, you know, like I, that's just my perspective on it. And what I would do. Um, and, you know, if there's other people that feel like that, you know, you're not alone. You know, like it, you, you definitely have to be aware of how much you consume in a, in a daily basis. And sometimes maybe even if it's music, you know, maybe sometimes you need a break from it. I definitely do. I'm someone who's doing it and around it all day, 24-7. So there's there's even weeks where i just really were i'm like i'm not gonna do anything (laughs) like i don't even want to listen to music like i'll drive and listen to podcasts and you know um you know i'll try to listen to you know anything other than music on my drives to kind of take a break and i think it does help yeah you know so when you love something so much you know you also you know how they say when you love somebody distance makes the heart grow fonder you know it's kind of the same with with your passions as well sometimes you need a break and if you're over consuming and you feel like it's it's affecting your mental health you know as creators sometimes that does happen you know you can get fatigued so yeah it's important it's important to acknowledge all these things no yeah do you think that that's the reason why you haven't put stuff out like we have do you think that like it's mainly been more like 
kind of being aware of what responsibility you're taking on and knowing that that could start being like something that dictates mental health? I feel like it is a factor. I'm, I'm definitely aware of what what you put out in this world is like hyper magnified, you know? So like if you're ready to put it out and let it just be, then do it. Um, there's times where I don't feel like I'm necessarily like fully satisfied with, with a track or, you know, a sound and melody structure. And, you know, I can go back and rework a track a million times. And sometimes it's just that artist, you know, that, that thing where artists have where you're just not going to look at your own thing as perfect because I can sit and point out tracks that, in my opinion, I I can listen to them a million times and think like, man, this was done perfectly. Like, there's not a thing I would change on this. And I'll sit there and like wish that I was the one who made it. I feel that that's also, you know, a contributing thing from mass consumption because, you know, I can listen to so many things in one day and then just feel like, oh, like, I'm not happy with what I made just because it doesn't sound like this. And then I got to snap out of it. And then that's where my breaks come into into play and then I'm like okay I regroup and then and then I really just come back and listen to something that I made I, I didn't listen to it for maybe about a month or so and then I come back and I'm like oh I actually really like this <laughs> like it's actually really good and it's and it's something that you just gotta it's a balance that you gotta find within yourself but I guess you know as as an artist you're gonna be vulnerable and you gotta allow that vulnerability to just be out there and like people have to take it you know, and, and as and you're not entitled to the opinion that you want. And so I think for me, I wanna be I wanna be sure of what I'm putting out because I just want it to be a reflection of who I really am. And sometimes I feel like I haven't quite made that. So if I don't feel like that's for sure 100 percent me then i don't put it out yeah you know that's a that's an interesting struggle like that's a conflict within itself you know i think if you weren't talented it would be troublesome but i think because you're talented it's not you know and, and that that's just up to interpretation but that's the fact you know like if, if someone were to sit down with you at the same equipment you'd most likely be a little bit more tailored to the equipment you know and i think that's something that gives us a little bit more confidence in decisions like this because i used to listen to what we did in the past and think man you know it can is this something that i could like never come back from you know if somebody listens to this and they hate it like are they never going to come back to my music again you know like that that's also another reason why i felt like i deleted old stuff but for um like the stuff that we did i, I hear i hear that old stuff now and i think fondly of it now because i'm like wow there's growth i can see growth because now i've made enough decisions that didn't go my way <laughs> and then i've also made decisions of things where i got a really good song out of it you know so i think it, it really comes down to how you feel about the way that you really portrayed yourself in that track because there were some songs i put out where i felt like i was doing it for someone else other than myself so that's why that's why it's a good decision to do what you're doing. Whereas some people might might think that putting more out would be better. But there's also like, you know, you have to be really honest with yourself and really gauge what your audience is. And if it's not that many people, there's no reason why you can't take a lot more time trying to figure out how to make it better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's also, you know, everybody at their own pace and at their own uh, creativity because, um, like you said, you know, you you want to you don't want to just put things out just to put them out. I'm 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 just that type. I'm wired that way. I'm just that type of person where it's like, 
you don't half-ass two things, you full-ass one thing, you know, in the words of uh, Ron Swanson. I, I'm a believer in that, yeah. man. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that if you want to sell yourself as something, you know, be good at it. And, and it's not saying that you're not allowed to start anywhere because we, we did. You know, we, there, there's stuff on the internet that I'm on that's not necessarily my own track, but I'm featured on. And, you know, you got you to gotta take those chances and those leaps. And I think I'm getting to that point where I'm like, I'm ready to start taking these leaps and stuff. But, you know, at the same time, I'm going to make sure it's quality. And maybe maybe people would rather just hear what I have and, and then just just be like, hey, man, just just take the chance. Let it go. And, you know, I, I know those people are right. But at the end of the day, also, I'm also going to go with my gut and I'm going to make sure that it's a product that I'm proud of. Because if, if I'm not at least, you know, maybe I won't be 100 percent sure on it, but. If at least I'm like 80 to 90 percent, then that's where I'm going to be more comfortable and more willing to uh, to just take the risk. So I'm getting there because I'm definitely getting in a position where, you know, it looks like things hopefully are going to start opening up and we'll be able to go out and, and do more things as like things calm down with this pandemic. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be good for me because I definitely want to start doing live things, you know, live shows and events and getting back into the flow. You know, so I think, I, I think I'm I'm heading in the right direction. Yeah, you know, and and that's that's another thing because you know we we all have different opinions about about what is right when it comes to this. Because obviously, once you put music out, then it comes to what's marketing, what's promotion look like to you. You know, like what's your audience if it's live. You know, like then branding, merchandising, your merchandise. You know, like merch. All that stuff is is super. You have to be ready for all that. You know, because it comes like it it's. It's just going to come, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like people are going to want more. And I think what's beautiful about the modern day artists is that we're kind of limiting access because of this pandemic. So it because it, so many people now they're showing the filtered version of themselves because they can't be in public anymore. So they have to recreate it at home. That's what's beautiful about, about artists who do the music that you're doing is because it's almost like bedroom oriented and then taken straight to stage. So it's like you created in a comfortable space and then you go to the most un- uncomfortable space, but it's like you're conjoining for the same thing. So I think that's that's kind of cool about your music is that you can never really be too old to do what you want to do. You know, whereas pop, you kind of have you have that timeline. Do you think that that timeline still exists today? Um, I don't know, because it's like you said, man, I I go to sets and I listen to, to DJs who are like, I mean, you can take a DJ like, for example, Chris Lake, man, he's someone that I've known about since like I first started raving and he wasn't that known of a guy when I when I started listening to him but I would hear him being played in other DJ sets like they would include his music in there and I was like I was like that guy with my cousin Ivan uh I was that guy in the in the crowd we were like the ones holding up our phone and shazamming the track like we're those track ID people (laughs) and so I would like listen to this guy and then like within the last (laughs) three years maybe maybe a little bit more than that He's like blown up to like the main guy that's like leading house and techno music and tech house music. And that guy, I mean, he's he's been in the game for a minute, you know. He's he's not like the youngest dude, but he's putting out like hits and he's consistent. And people like him are like proving that it's like, dude, it doesn't matter what age you are, like if you make music that people either want to dance to, listen to, resonate with, they can relate to it. I don't think that age is really a factor because I mean, look at uh Look at the the song that um, I think Snoop, E40, Too Short, and Ice Cube just uh, put out a song 
subwoofer if i'm if i'm thinking correctly and it's like dude that song is going to be played on radio yeah that song is going to be streamed on youtube on spotify on everywhere and it's going to be played and heard by everybody and these are artists who have been in the game forever and it's like and it's not just that you're listening to them because they're legends it's just because they can still deliver a product and, and a talent and you know their age hasn't stunted them you know with with talent comes i believe consistency you know if like you're constantly working on your craft or if you're just good at something you know you can right you can right. do it until your last breath you know I, i'm a firm believer in that so i don't think that i don't think that it's going to be something that gets dated as as you get older right yeah you know that's a i think that's something that used to keep me up at night when we were younger just because of the people that we i guess idolized and other people that were around you know and, and it might have been the people that i i worked with who went on to get some sort of success while i was struggling but what always kind of kept me grounded was the ability that we had to run the process and to mix tracks and and to be like man it's a simple process to to someone else but like if you think about it, we sit down with all this gear that we did not know how to use at one point that now we know how to use. And we create sounds that we've heard from professionals. You know, like we've heard a professional do that chord progression and now we're doing it. You know, like now we're creating it. Now we listen back to it. And even if you get to the point where you want to put vocals and you record those vocals and you mix and master your vocals on that beat, it's a crazy thing to look at your creation and then to have to sit around and think like, man, but is this going to get listened to by the people that deserve to listen to it? I think that that's misguided sometimes. You know, we get too wrapped up in that. Now at this age or where we're at, I feel almost in a better position than we've ever been in. Because not to say anything about the generation of today, but the artists of today, it's almost really easy to be great because so many people are settling for being the same. Or like not mediocre, but but passable, you know, like within the within the club. Whereas there's other people in other genres and other sub subgenres of music who are actually striving to be like great, but with that have experience. So I think it's better for us because we had a lot of that behind the curtain experience, and now being in the front, you know, I think it'll pay off. So so that's good, man. You know, when when you look at the the growth of yourself and the growth of the people around you. Did you ever feel that like relationships with people, maybe a girl or, or whatever relationship you're with, you know, like, did you ever feel like that was something that was like expendable, replaceable if music ever were to take off? Did you ever have those types of thoughts? Like, man, maybe I shouldn't be with someone right now just in case I decide to do something. Um, I was dating somebody. I dated someone for about four years and there were times where I was, I would think that way. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to like, are you going to let an opportunity change you or, or are you going to let it like ruin, um, you know, like a bond or, or friendship you have with somebody, you know, it, it all depends on how you look at it. Because if that person has been nothing but a support system for you and, you know, you've, you've done the best to your ability to balance out what you're doing, but at the same time still give them, you know, the affirmation and, and the uh, attention that they deserve. If you guys can make it work, I don't see why there's a reason why you should let, you know, an opportunity or success get in the way. But that's circumstantial, you know, to like the person that you're with. So not everybody's lucky enough to have a support system that can understand them. And, you know, vice versa, maybe maybe the person who's going after this opportunity, maybe they 
maybe they're the ones who can't give that person the time they deserve. So like I said, it's it's going to come down to like who you are and, and what you're doing. Because there's people out there, you know, like successful people. Like, I mean, look at Kendrick, you know, he's he's a loyal dude. He's He's been riding with, you know, with one person for his whole career. So, I mean, it's possible. You look at artists out here who have, who have done it and, you know, it's going to come down to who you are and who they are and, and what you guys are willing to, right, to put right. up with. It, it's so, it's so, it's so interesting. Cause you know, like we, we've, we've done music with Mitch and he's, he's done almost a lot of his music off of his relationships as well as Tino did. Didn't Tino would do like full projects that would have songs about who he was with. I, I have never really done that, you know, which may be weird because, as you know, like I have a really, really good marriage. So you would think I would write nothing but love music, but I've always felt uncomfortable writing about it. I don't know why. I, I think it's maybe because it's it's something that I didn't expect to get. I never really combined it with music. Do you feel weird about writing love songs? I don't think I would feel weird about it. I just think that like if I was to write it, you know, it's it's different from like <laughs> yeah. me being the vocalist and delivering it because like I mean I'm not necessarily like. Uh, uh, like Chris Brown or Mario or like these R&B singers, you know, like I'm not, I'm not that dude. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm not like romantic or I don't care about people, but I'm just not like the the guy who wears it all on his sleeve like that. Like I'm, I'm more of like the guy that like, I let, I let my actions kind of speak for me. I, I, I'm, I think that's more of my love language. So necessarily writing a song, I, I feel like it wouldn't be weird, but it wouldn't be like what I'm doing, you know, like a love song yeah. because that's not the way I, I express myself to us you know to someone I, I care about romantically and it's not saying that I couldn't you know you know I, I I write music so I probably could but I don't know maybe it would take like the right person in the right circumstance to put me in that mindset and uh and put me in that place in life where I feel like hey you know like I want to yeah. give this person like recognition through the art that I do so I think that's what a lot of, I mean, to go into like the type of music that I'm very much into making, like there's a lot of different subgenres of house music and a lot of classic house is very like disco-y and, um, and they have a lot of lyrics that are about loving people and, and, you know, being in love and like, you're my baby kind of thing, you know, and I listen to that type of stuff. So at the same time, I don't know, it's not weird, but it's just like, I guess it's something that I would have to, you know, experience and, and go through um once i get there to really say right now it, it's almost like ironic the conversation that we're having about your music because you know this is all based off of perspective that you got around a time where i was chasing music you know like like, like me going out to la if, if if i wasn't in glendale having the freedom that we did i don't really see where the dots would have connected sooner in terms of like us learning little hacks on how to get the process going a little quicker but I'm, I'm grateful for the way that it did because we got to skip a lot of steps and uh and, and really learn in a different way but it's cool because you are on like the precipice of recording your own and, and, and releasing your own stuff so it's like your story your story has been going on but it's, it's like you have yet to start writing it in the terms of like a public eye so that's cool too to see where that's going to see what your topics and your message and like your your um that well, your message would be with your music because i feel like some people have certain topics they they touch on more because they feel it more 
Um, would you say that there's like a recurring theme in your thought process of like a feeling or an emotion that comes to you when you're portraying yourself? Yeah, I I'm I used to think that you had to have like a um, a broad spectrum or uh, like catalog of emotions when it comes to like writing and putting out music, like that you would have to have a song for every type of like emotion. And sometimes I have to look back on my own personal experiences to realize that like, I mean, you, you go through things and and you process emotions and sometimes you want to translate that feeling in that moment to a specific, you know, track or, or melody. And then sometimes it just doesn't work. So I don't necessarily have like a specific, um, like theme or emotion that I go off of now. I personally, I just want to make music that makes people want to move and feel good and happy. So, I mean, if you want to label an emotion to it, I guess you can just be like, Hey, it's just happy dance music, man. Like that's really just all I want to portray at the moment. You know, if I end up going deeper into something else and putting something else out to touch base on, on, um, you know, other things, other emotions, I'm not opposed to doing that, but Right now, it's just more of like a make music that makes you happy and that makes people want to get up and move and, and forget about their problems for a little while. You know, that's, right. that's more of what I'm going for right now. Yeah, that's good. You know, we, it, it's funny because we never had those talks when we were doing music through those years, you know, like with 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 anyone. You know, I don't think there was really any guided purpose other than proving that we could do music, you know, so it, it's, it's interesting as we grow and we mature. And we start thinking less about the process. We start thinking less about the, the 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 technical terms of how to get it going. And you start even getting to a point where you're comfortable enough to be like, all right, what's my thing? <laughs> you know, like, who am I? You know, what am, what am I actually bringing to this table when it when we're talking about creations? You know, and so I, I think it's cool. It's cool, but it's also, it, it's, it's a weird weird experience that you could have do you remember any times and you don't have to say who it was do you remember any times where you saw someone going through this process where you felt like they were just really never gonna get it like it just wasn't for them i can think back on certain like sessions and stuff where i was just like i don't really know the direction this person wants to go in so in, in those in those experiences i would say like maybe in that time in that moment i felt like i don't know where this person's gonna end up or i don't know if they're gonna get what it is that they want to put out. Um, but then again, man, like you, you have people every day who make it, who, you know, you never maybe would have thought if you listen to their music, you know, like early on, you never would have thought they would have made it. But, you know, I, I, I can't say that, that I definitely have that moment. I just, I, I just had little instances where during that session, I was more like, I, I don't know what they're doing. So I'm going to try to guide them and help them out and hopefully that gives them direction but you know if someone if someone eventually moves on from the session that i was doing with and they did their own thing and found their way which i i've seen more people do that rather than not i think i'd rather just focus on on that positive perspective because it's like you know everybody's going to be on their journey if they find their way and it's meant for them then they'll stick with it and they'll do it if not you know like personally man i got a million other things to to think about and like whether or not they got it or not because that's that's for them man that's that's their choice and their and their path in life so yeah i do have some memories of like being unsure about where certain uh, sessions were going to lead that person to but you know and anything outside of my own control is like you know just speculation yeah i've been in some 
I've been in a couple sessions where someone has like paid me for the session and they've like started crying because they didn't like the way that they sounded coming out the mic. Like they thought the mic, the quality of the mic was going to make them sound better. You know, they've, and they've had to have like that moment where they're sitting down and they're looking at me. Like, I remember this guy was really, really emotional and he was like, I thought it was going to sound better. Like I thought it was going to sound professional. And I was like, yeah, well that's after hours of mixing, like you, we got to do the raw work first, you know? And, and, and I, I told him you want to go again and he quit and he was like, can you take me home? And he cried like the whole way. And I, I remember just empathizing with him, you know, trying to see it from his perspective, but not really relating with him. Like I never had that moment, you know, and I, I felt really grateful that we didn't, but I also felt like sad for him. Cause I mean, we've, we've been there so many times and we've kind of had the good fortune that everyone we've worked with has either responded well to our teaching or it just fell together in a good enough way where we didn't trash the track you know so it, it was just interesting to see someone else go through that and then never try again you know because he, he never did try again so i mean those moments made me feel lucky that we kind of had it naturally given to us which i don't know who we got it from oh no it has to be with <laughs> it, it has to it has to be him man it has to be him but i mean have you ever felt the stigma of telling anybody that you were a musician did you ever did you ever like identify with that title when 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 you t- when you talk to someone i feel like it, you know like <laughs> it's one of those things where like it's like those memes that say like when it's career day and your dad shows up trying to sell his mixtape kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's funny but there's a lot of people in that position that like yeah. they might not necessarily have the tools or or maybe even the resources to like develop and yeah. for whatever reason in life, like I'm not going to sit here and act like me and you're like the best thing to ever come out of, you know, California musically, um, because, you know, we're always constantly growing and doing our thing. And we're just people who genuinely just like being surrounded and encapsulated by music. So, yeah, exactly. That, that's just who we are. But in that process, I'm thankful that we had natural growth and ability to even have groundwork to start off because some people don't. And that's the thing, you know, it's like it's not trying to shit on somebody or um, or be negative. It's it's just the fact that, you know, not everything is for everyone. And sometimes I I do have to sit and, and think like, why? Why me or why you? Like, why were we given an ability to do something? And it almost feels like by following it and telling others, you're, you might get like a kind of like, oh, okay well good luck with that you know kind of response and i mean personally i've i realized pretty early on that like people who actually do music don't really care about what their friends think of it because at the end of the day people that you grew up with and that you live with your whole life you know they they don't see what you're trying to achieve because they only know the version of you that exists now and so you know, you're, what you want to do with music and what you want to do with your passion, you're going to want to put it out to an audience of people who don't know you. They don't have any, you know, idea of who you were and what you did before this. All they know is this is what is put out in front of me. I'll listen to it and consume it and then make a decision based on that. Like there's nothing prior to that experience that they have. So I think a lot of the supporters that you gain through telling people you have music are going to be from strangers. You know, they're going to be from people you don't know, which is, you know, unfortunate because sometimes you really would want the people who know you the best to like, like your stuff the best. But, you know, it, it also comes down to like, not even saying that you have haters. It's not even that. It's it's more about like, 
people who come from the same area and, and the same background as you and you're trying to be out of the box you're trying to do something different and like just because they can't do that they can't believe in it and it's not maybe not something that they'll tell you to your face but it's it is something that you feel through energy and responses to like what you're doing you know so sometimes it i do get like a little i wouldn't say hesitant but i do i do think twice before you know engulfing someone in in the world of what i do because i'd rather just put something out and show it um, when I'm comfortable doing that and then just let that speak for itself because you know it's like it's like you said when you listen to that track from that guy earlier he, you know he hyped himself out so good and then you were like hey this is like is okay you know I think by having that passion and, and that goal that you're chasing you kind of have to let the world outside of your hometown um, embrace it because even if after you've made something of yourself and you come back and show love to where you're from and and your friends you know like a lot of time those people didn't necessarily see your vision and you know we got the you got to be okay with it because that's just kind of how the world works sometimes people who know you their your, their whole life they may only see you one type of way and until you do something you know incredible you know until you follow your dreams or do something crazy that was something that you really put your mind to until you prove that you know, some people may not see it and that's okay. You know, that's just kind of how the world is. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I definitely experienced that now because obviously you're talking to me like I'm your brother, you know, <laughs> but like to, to certain people who are listening to this, I'm, I'm EP the mime, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm not even like the other people that, that I was, you know, so it, it's, it's interesting to see, cause I think this is the first musical outing, any actually content outing where, I don't post it on my personal like Facebook page. I actually don't even go on that page anymore because no one was really responsive to what I'm doing now. You know, so I, I completely understand what, what you just said with like you, you know, I, I think for, for true creativity to start shining, you must almost be really, really weird enough that it's so truthful to you. You know, like it, it has to be something that you you really, really want to represent you, which is why I understand you've taken uh, so long to do music and well, not do music, but release music, because I was working on this for four years before I even decided it was something to start doing. When when I first told you about this and you started coming into life and I got the mask and, and hand like what what were you thinking like uh, like uh, like about it like? Did did you did you have any uh, did you have like a natural response to it and all that? I think that I was trying to find myself um, musically because at that point I had taken I, I had taken a hiatus and a break like I had equipment but I wasn't really doing anything. Um, my laptop had got slow and old and I hadn't got a new laptop yet, so you know everything running on it was like slow and I, I kind of just took a break from it. So when you when you showed me you know this concept and idea. I I didn't necessarily like know like the direction you were going to go and it wasn't because you weren't clear it was just because I just wasn't seeing music in that way at that time but as as you recorded and developed I I saw like the the artistry behind it the theatrical approach to your characters and your music because that's you're you're trying to to give a a film you know you're trying to give a, a movie through music in a way and um as it's as it's progressed and developed it's definitely it's definitely creative and 
to who you are. Like, I don't, I haven't seen anybody do something like that. You know, there, there are artists who like wear helmets and masks and stuff. And, you know, like, I'm sure your mask you've, you've told me was inspired by Slipknot and stuff. So like taking bits of, of like what you like and then finding a way to make it your own is that's, that's art in itself too. You know, like, so when you started doing this, it was kind of like, okay, I'm starting to see you really run with something that is what you want to do and make it your own. And, that's what is going to help you be you, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's going to push you in the right direction to be like, Hey, this artist, um, that I'm listening to right now, like this, they're them. They're not trying to sound like anybody else, you know? So while you developing this, uh, you know, the, this album and this character and, and, and your, your movement with this, it's, it's definitely going to be your own. So I, I look at it that way. I'm, I'm looking at it like it's it's gonna be something that stands on its own because it is that it is something that you did on your own. That's what I think is the most important thing about doing this. I used to think it was the process and lyrics and and message and stuff like that, but it really is that you know. And that's hard. It, it's hard because I had to go. I had to quit music and I had to go home and not do music for a whole year to find that. I it it and it's almost good to take a break, you know. So. Um, I, I really, really endorse that because I wouldn't have this idea if I didn't take that break. So it, it, it's interesting what comes from it. I, what I would say is uh, we can end this out, but it's been a great conversation so far. Dude. You know, I really enjoy hearing your perspective when when you when you think of of the future and like, you know, this whole thing started because I thought it was a really crazy idea that I wanted to move to L.A., at such a young age and that I thought something was going to happen by being there. <laughs> so like what, when you think of the future and you think of the moves that you want to make and the moves that we're all making, if there is a cautionary tale, if there's a set of things that, that you think that someone should do before they set out to, to, to make this decision to be a musician full time. Cause essentially if you put up music and this goes well, you, you would probably quit your day job and just do this for the rest of your life. Right. You know, just, just like most of us would, if it worked out. So with that being said, with those people out there who are thinking of moving to LA or thinking of going to New York or thinking of getting into music full time, not that your, your answer has to be perfect, but for you, what what do you think is the most important? Do you think it's that unique quality? Do you think it's time? Do you think it's the quality of mix? Like, what what is most important to you? If you're gonna pursue something that you're passionate about, and that is music, I think you gotta be ready to accept that you're going to. It, it's not necessarily just about like going into a, a session, making a banger, and walking out like it's easy. It's it's not because. There's so much that goes into it. There's so much technicality, especially if you're coming from uh, engineering or producing, uh, you know, aspect and background from it. it, it it's going to be work and it's going to be time consuming. And you're you're definitely going to have to like sacrifice um, a cool pair of uh, Jordans or, or Yeezys or something. And it's like, hey, man, you know, that'd be dope. But you could spend 200 bucks upgrading this piece of equipment and it would help you do this much more. Or, you know, and there's there's little things like that. There's there's sacrifices that you have to acknowledge you got to be ready for that. There was a long time where I didn't, um, I, I didn't splurge on myself because 
I was in need of equipment. I needed a new, a new laptop. I needed monitor speakers. I needed new MIDI controllers. I needed a new interface. Like I needed to do a whole revamp and it's been a process for me to like upgrade and do all that. But like it's it's worth it though because it's something that at the end of the day I want to do it. So you just got to be sure because you you got to invest in yourself. And I know this topic in particular for like people like you and Mitch and Tino, I know you guys do that. I know there's times where you don't necessarily have it all figured out, but you know you got to get this this mic or you got to do this or do that because you need it to finish and continue a vision of what you're trying to do. That's the thing I would say, you know, like be be sure of, of what you want to do and commit to it. You know, like if you're going to if you're going to do it, do it all the way. And maybe you don't have to do all the big steps right away. But, you know, don't forget to take baby steps every now and then to continue feel it because you never know. You never know. You could be one step away from being an opportunity that changes your life. And maybe stardom and, and, and being famous isn't what you want to do. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't care to be in the limelight and to be in the in the main view of like public eye. You know, like I, I just want to work in music. So if that leads me to be like a producer in a studio or if that leads to me having my own studio, if that leads to me being um, being like a mobile producer I go out with and, and work with people because they like my stuff, like, you know, like wh- whatever, whatever my journey entails, like I know I got to invest in it. And I need to be sure that like when the opportunity comes to to take it and to make sure it's the right opportunity for me. You know, you always want to be sure that when you take a risk, you're you're going to bet on yourself at the end right. of the day. Cool. Yeah, dude. And I totally agree with that. I, I definitely think that all that is the key. And on top of all that, just consistency, too. You know, like we have to be consistent. It it it's either it's consistent with output or consistent with growth or consistent with practice. Consistency, it's super super being super disciplined. Man, it's it's crazy, man. You know, uh, we're we're going through this timeline and we've acquired maybe five or six skills <laughs> within that time. You know, where, where where some people would would just sit on one or two. So, I I'm, I look forward to see where the future is gonna go. So I do want to end this episode with uh a track so what what would be one of your favorite tracks that you recorded during that time it could be mine mitch's yours beater on the bush and we'll end with it Mm, let me think or maybe even something right now that we're doing it can be just that it can be current or old i want to touch uh back on on a moment in a song i want to go back to that moment and um it was a time sometime within the, I think it was either last year or, before, or the year before that I came down, uh, to visit you and we had a session where we recorded, uh, with Antoine and, uh, he had a song, uh, is it called, uh, stock? I think he, it's called Stockton. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to, cause we spent a lot of time talking about ourselves, but I, I listened to that track a lot. And I still have it. And I, I'm genuinely a fan of what Antoine did on that track because he just he came in and uh, and he just delivered an, an awesome, you know, take. And, uh, you know, maybe I don't remember if that song ever got fully released, but I enjoy that song. I enjoy that song a lot. So I, I definitely would want to end with that one. I think that awesome. that's it, it highlights, um, you know, the direction you helped him with. It highlights like the mixing and, and, and the recording session that we did. And it gives another artist the time to shine and show, you know, showcase him. Yes. You know, he he is somebody I'm also going to have on this podcast. I'm actually, um, 
working on some things with him right now. So definitely love that track. Uh, that's the one we're all on, right? Oh, no. That's the one that he his solo track. Oh, dude. Yes, I, I believe I have that. Heck yeah. Okay, well, we'll end out with that then, man. Thank you so much for your time, dude, and uh, for giving me a good episode. I hope I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It was good talking to you, and it's it's good to kind of just sit here and talk about music at the end of the day. You know, that's always fun. So thanks for having me. Definitely, bro. Thank you for being on the show, and thank you to the listener for once again plugging in. Come from where you just don't mess with my click. We on Harry Potter, we waving them sticks. Make you levitate and go black, and that's it. Now your family in black. Look how serious that is. I come from where you from, and what's that you rep? If the people I know don't know, you better step with a spray and hit you. You get removed like your tonsils if you had infections or strep. When night comes, your heart goes bum, bum, bum. Like the shots on the rim of a marching drum. I do to my own horn. Salute to my homeboys. Now I'm going back to the city that made me. We misunderstood, but it's good. It's all gravy. Look where I'm from. All the haters are shocked now. Shout out to the city that made me. All that I am is because I'm from Stocktown. I shine in the dark where it's shady. I get what I want. There's no reason to wait for it. I did all that work in the pre-course. Now I'm chilling, sitting in courtside seats. Winning, we winning. I need more. Look where I'm from. All the haters are shocked now. Shout out to the city that made me. All that I am is because I'm from Stocktown. I shine in the dark where it's shady. I get what I want. There's no reason to wait for it. I did all that work in the pre-course. Now I'm chilling, sitting in courtside seats, winning, we winning, I need more.